Gonna Go Pizza presents The Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts, Steve Dangle and Adam Wilde. Yeah, I am hungover. Are you? I'm actually a little hungover. Yeah? Yeah, I went to the oh, bar what? last night. Birthday yesterday, right? Oh, so, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Happy birthday. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Oh, oh my yeah. goodness. All the birthdays. <laughs> All the birthdays. Yeah. Jesse and I's birthday is always very, very close together. And we're both kind of low-key celebrators. Um, like, I, I had I had a... I had a couple friends at the bar. I invited Jesse. Jesse couldn't make it because he was here late here. doing work. Well, it's not um, late. My schedule is just different. Okay. Well, at 10 p.m. <laughs> last night, he's like, hey, man, I don't want to – or 9.45, he's like, hey, man, I don't want to miss the rest of the game. I'm still at the studio, so I can't meet you at <laughs> so the bar. I got to watch it with Devo Brown, and it was nice. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, today's episode is a little bit different. Uh, because not only are we not going to be on the radio, so we can just talk all the way through. There is no – we could fucking swear right now. F- holy, fuck. Holy shit. <laughs> but also, the, do- <laughs> the dog is here. Nobody puts Bindi on a table. Um, yeah, Bindi, I'll, I'll let you down. My dog Bindi is here because yesterday she spent a lot of the time, like, hey. she hung out with me in the oh. morning, but she spent most of the day in the crate. And I thought, you know what? It's Good Friday. Let's bring her with. Nobody's at the studio. Who cares? And uh, she's loving Steve right now. And I think, lastly, and I think this is oh. most important, this is the first episode ever that we have been able to talk about a Toronto Maple Leaf playoff game. I love it. I How love amazing it. Is that? <laughs> Even if it's a loss, I'm Even good. Even if it's a loss. Even, Even if, it's, if a it's a loss. Um, and and you know, we're going to talk to a few different. Uh, we're going to talk about all the series. Uh, we're going to run through them all. No. Uh, we're going to start with Toronto and Washington. <laughs> Toronto, Leafs, <laughs> Dina, <laughs> and we're also going to talk about uh, the fact that. Um, uh, well, Andrew Berkshire is going to come on a little bit later. He's going to tell us about Les Habitants mm-hmm. uh, and uh, how they did against New York. I thought the game was closer than it actually was. It's, it goes to show, you know, the eye test thing hmm. where you're watching a game. You're like, this seems close. No. And then and then you look at the chances, the actual, not 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 shots, scoring chances. No, uh, I was told. And you're like, whoa. Okay, even maybe. strength scoring chances. Bingo. No, it's you win or you lose. There are no moral victories in the playoffs, I was told. That's what I was told this morning as well by yeah. TV guys. Because, you, you know <laughs> hey, what's... Hey, TV guys! Yeah. You, you know what's great? You know what's great? When everyone turns into Vin Diesel, the first time he races Paul Walker I in take, the first Fast I and the my, Furious. I take my playoffs a quarter mile at yeah. a time. I almost had you. You didn't almost have me. <laughs> Ugh, Vin Diesel thing. You owe me. A, you owe me a ten-second playoff game. Yeah, you must be a riot at parties. Shut up. Um, Shut up. Hey, man. I think there is such thing as a moral victory, and I, I very, very biasedly. That's not a word. And very gladly give it to the Toronto Maple Leafs yesterday. I think that yeah. was a great game. I. It was a great game. For one, was very, very impressed. Listen, I know Washington overall is a better team. I'm not afraid to admit that. Yeah, I mean... Uh, but here's the thing. Washington's a better team, points-wise, than every team. A, uh, a person who currently works uh, with an NHL team once told me the best team in the NHL rarely wins the Stanley Cup. And it's a good point. Washington is a very, very good team. But what I, what I saw yesterday, especially in the first period... Uh, and Steve's just petting the dog, hanging out. <laughs> I'm the dog whisperer, apparently. <laughs> She's just right here. Um was a, a Washington team that was a little bit freaked out about being in the playoffs. Especially in the first period. Yeah. What was that? What was it? What was that? Oh, they were they were so shook. They, they were it, it wasn't just 
uh, that they were on their heels, allowing the Leafs to get all kinds of opportunities, and the Leafs forced their hand uh, as well. But uh, the amount of times the Caps fanned on shots that they would never fan on, passes to the feet. Mm -hmm. Even Holtby panicked, too. Like, Caps fans were very quick to defend their boy, and, you know, I I said uh, at least a couple of the Capitals' goals were lucky bounces, and they were quick to point out, well, the first goal— JVR just throws it in front. It's a lucky bounce out to Mitch Marner, who's got a wide-open net. Well, first of all, why does Mitch Marner have a wide-open net? Second of all, how mm-hmm. on earth does that puck, the the shot or pass, whatever it was meant to be by JVR, how does that squeak by Holtby? That's a good question. How does that squeak by him? Minute I, and 36 into the game, I'm just saying. Man. Yeah, it's it was uh, and it, it was nice for the Leafs to get one that early. Uh, and I, I think yeah. that was my my birthday present, was Mitch Marner scoring that goal, honestly. Because it... it what it did was it kind of evened the playing field out. You go into this series and it looks lopsided, right? It looks so lopsided. Every prog- uh, every broadcaster, every prognosticator, every all the Vegas odds, everything was, Leafs are going to get killed. Caps in three. Caps in three. <laughs> Caps over the laughs. I'm just saying, Leafs were defeated in game one, mm-hmm. but uh, the Capitals needed overtime to do it. The Predators, the second wild card in the West, won. Yeah. Well, and it's the playoffs were stupid happens, and we're going to talk about that. But I, I feel like the Leafs. I mean, that's we can't pretend that that game couldn't have gone both ways. Yeah, I mean, Leafs own the first half easily, easily. Uh, Caps own the second half and overtime easily. So, what do you take from that? I don't know. It's the Leafs' season in a nutshell. Really, we've seen that from them all year. They get a big lead, they kind of die. You head into the game and you go, well, heading into the game, would you have taken a 2-2 tie heading into the third? Yeah, but me heading into the game was an idiot and didn't know the future to come. <laughs> he didn't know that they were going to be up to nothing less than 10 minutes in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're you're pleased, you're disappointed. It's a hurricane of emotion. But. I was a little, um, I was impressed by, and, and I know Barry Trotz is this kind of guy, I was impressed by how he rolled his lines. Um, because Babcock too. I mean, well, but for sure. Yeah, and, and the fourth line wasn't really a liability. No, they were out in overtime. <laughs> yeah, uh, on one, the winning... one poor shift, really. Yeah, um, and I, I thought Matt Martin's penalty. What was it in the second period? Was pretty dumb. Yeah, it was kind of dumb. Um, and and that's the thing is that like I love I, I I since Brian Boyle's come to town, I've really liked Matt Martin. Does that make oh, sense? Oh, way better. Yeah, yeah, way better. So, but but what's frustrating is sometimes you do get those penalties from him. We don't have, we can't afford that against Washington. In, in Matt Martin's defense, though, so I, you know, I kind of complained about the penalty. I watched the replay. I'm like, yeah, you can call that, but all you want out of a ref is consistency. You look at what was allowed to go on during that game. Like, this game was a good reminder that in the playoffs, murder is legal. <laughs> so, all the things, it's so weird in the playoffs. Because murder is legal, it becomes a little bit more frustrating when the refs decide, and now that's a penalty. Mm-hmm. I think it often has to do with possession. If you do some shenanigans that's illegal, but the team, the other team gets the puck, you're fine. Right. It was the Leafs separated the Caps from the puck illegally, and then the Leafs got the puck. Ah, you're in the box. That's a problem. There it is. I mean, you can't you can't just let that slide. Right. You can't right. let the Leafs do something that's not allowed, and then they get the puck. And then what if that's a scoring chance? Exactly. Um, Leo's penalty too at the in the first period. I was like, <sighs> that ended up going to Zach Hyman, by the way. Yeah. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. It was Zach Hyman that got it. Or yeah, Zach Hyman went to the box, but I think it was the wrong call. Wrong. Okay. Yeah. Um. I didn't love it either. 
so we got to watch watch that against a team like Washington. One thing I was impressed with, though, was the the fact that Ovechkin was kind of quiet. Now he I was so quiet. I I don't know if that was Adam, Toronto it's after eighty two games. He doesn't show. Oh, up that's after right. Oh, Thanks, Mike Milbury. I appreciate that. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Jeremy Roenick. Yeah, no problem. By the yeah. way, let's talk about Tanner Glass some more, yeah. shall we? Yeah. Um, one of the best <laughs> storylines. Yeah. Ovechkin's oh, one of the best. What is it? Goals per game in the playoffs yeah. in NHL history. Who if, said that? Did somebody actually say that? Did somebody actually say uh, he doesn't show up I mean, for the I'm sure they did. <laughs> I didn't, <laughs> hear, this year. I didn't hear any last <laughs> night. Um, they they did say, hey, Ovechkin's been quiet tonight on CBC, but like... But he was. I thought it was just a fair criticism. I think... Uh, let's throw Backstrom in there, too. And and I'll throw Matthews in there. thought Matthews was pretty quiet. I thought they had some good chances, <sighs> yeah. but I thought who would, really driving the play on that line was William Nylander. And then he's sort of responsible for the second goal too. So. Right, right, because a defensive last That's a rough goal. You know, uh, you know what I was thinking, and maybe this is sidetracking. Maybe this is a conversation for whenever the Leafs season is done. I think William Nylander's transition to center, if it ever happens, it's going to be a little bit painful. I think. Yeah, I kind of like him just freeze a bird doing whatever he wants on the wing, because that that. You got to be better than that. Yes, you have to be to better be, than that. To defensively. be fair to him, it looked like Freddie had the puck. It looked like he was going to freeze it. It did, but you still tie up your man. Yeah, yeah. That's, and that and that's a learning lesson. That's yeah, yeah. a learning lesson. A learning that's a lesson, lesson learned. I that's would say. I, I think that's the the you know because ultimately, I think you 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 see that and you go, okay, well he's got it, so you kind of relax a little bit. But even so, those the players are going to go to the net, especially a guy like Justin Williams. And you gotta you gotta move those guys away from from Freddie. And for for as as clenched as as the Capitals seem, I I think it's it's a little bit of voodoo that that people put like maybe too much weight in. But that whole playoff experience thing, Justin Williams isn't gonna clench. No, like th- that guy might be the most clutch if there is such a thing, guy in the league, Mister Game Seven or whatever. He's a playoff guy. Wasn't phased. Wasn't um, phased. We were talking about him yesterday in the studio, and we didn't realize he has three cups. And yeah, he, he won a cup with Carolina. 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 That's right. Yeah. I, 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 Jesse's like, did he win with Because it said three cups on yeah. the pregame. And Jesse, I'm like, when did he win the third cup? Has he lost a game seven yet? I don't know. I don't think he, he's like reverse Boudreaux. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, what would okay, happen if, if him and ever... Bruce Boudreaux were on the same team? You know what? Game eight. <laughs> game eight. That's right. Russian Super Series yeah, 72. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder, uh, <laughs> I wondered where it was. And then I looked at, I looked up his, uh, his hockey DB and he's been playing since the 2000, 2001 season. Yeah. He's been around Philly. And it took until 2014 for people to notice him. <laughs> yeah, and he's having one of his best uh, the school years. Yeah, ever. like he's he's been he's been amazing. Um, been really like it's a, pretty good in game one. He yeah. So anyway, congratulations to him and to the Caps and to their fans. I think they you know I'm sure they would have wanted. I think the Caps wanted to come out, and I think their fans wanted them to come out and stomp the Leafs. And like boy, this is supposed to be a footnote, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah their fans though don't they perfectly match the team? Like just. Pin drop silence in that building after the Leafs made it two nothing. Williams breathes just a ah, little bit of life in there. Ah, game tying goal. Ah! Yeah, they're mm-hmm. they're maniacs after that. Can we talk about that game winner? Sure. Can we talk about the fact that Mark Marinson has not played? Was it tipped? I don't know. I couldn't tell. I don't think. I don't so. think it was. I but saw, here's I saw his jersey ripple. 
Here's what to me. I don't know. Okay, so Martin Marinson throws it up the the boards and people are upset about that or whatever. I thought Martin Marinson looked pretty good for a guy that hasn't played he for did. two months. No, I thought he was crisp. I thought his mm-hmm. passes were good. I thought he moved it uh, in the in the defensive zone. He looked like old Martin Marinson. Can we can we get rid of one thing at least? I, I saw a few people say Martin Marinson should not see overtime. It's not the regular season anymore, guys. You, yeah. you can't just roll, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Four a, a trio of trios, <laughs> and that's it. It's five on five. You don't know if this is going to go one OT or five. Um, you just you just don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't afford to do that. And what are you going to do? Burn out your other guys in game one, but then you lose game one. So I I, I don't think it's all his fault. I also think. You mean, uh, I don't think that Tom Gilbert expected that to go in. Um, well, Tom Wilson. Well, Tom Wilson, sorry. Tom Gilbert. Um, Tom Wilson. And I, I don't, don't think Freddie expected him to shoot it. No, no. It's a weird, it was a tough angle, and it seemed to handcuff him. And it was one of his, if, yeah. He if was a little deep in his net. And it's so funny, again, hearing TV guys talk yeah. about how <laughs> it's a shame that that goal is going to be the one that people remember because he had some other good saves. No, I don't think that's the one that people are going to remember. I and think beat him glove too. Like that gl- glove was working all game. He was Freddie loves his mustard. He was stellar. So if there's anybody that's like, oh, that's Freddie's fault. Well, the fact that they were even there was Freddie's fault as well. Yeah. yeah. People get so defeatist after losses. Oh my man. god! Like it's, it's like chill, chill. I heard a guy, an analyst, and then a former NHL player say. Oh, I, I, I would take, you know, like, would you take this as a moral victory? And he said, no, I would be, I would be really upset that we blew a chance to, uh, blew a chance to win. Well, you know, sure I would are. be, re- I'd be really down. Like, get, what? Yeah, great. Great. <laughs> Good. Game Good. one of the helps. playoffs. That yeah. helps. You know, you know, you know what that helps? Absolutely nothing. Nothing. There's nothing. no benefit to being down in yourself. Can you imagine if Washington had lost, what, what the stories would have been too? Oh my God. Washington lost a game. And the thing is, is that if, if they had lost, we wouldn't be, you know, in over our heads going, oh my God, well, the series is over. But you know people would be. Matt Hunwick buries the winner. It, it almost made it 3-1 off the post. Mm-hmm. Just. Could have happened. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. But if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, the Calgary Flames would be the 2004 Stanley Cup champions. That's true. And the Canucks would have only had to use six defensemen in 2011. And uh, Dwayne Rolison would have uh, not gone down in the game. Had one the Oilers of the sweep the Hurricanes. Yep. And uh, the Justin Williams. Yeah. Hurricanes. On and on and on. Hey, if the Devils don't take that stupid five minute major in game six of the 2012 Stanley Cup final. Maybe the Devils find a way to force the Kings to six and then seven or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows? Who knows? But all I know is the Hurricanes won, Lightning won, Bruins won, and Caps won game one. Caps won. How do you feel now? How do you guys feel about it? The way I describe it is I walk around smiling, sighing, and just saying, fuck, <laughs> every now and then. Because they. Watching the highlights, I, so I always watch the highlights before I make an LFR, and I always dread it after a loss. Always dread it after a loss. Now, blowouts are almost easier sometimes because you look at each goal and go, all right, who fucked up where? Mm-hmm. What what was wrong? This one, I'm going, they could have won it here. Yeah. They could have won it there. They Why did they do this? Why did they do that? Uh, Freddie, like, okay, if Nylander ties up his guy— if how about if Freddie doesn't get up 
off of a puck that he's on top of. Yeah. Yeah. He just, he didn't know. Yeah. He didn't know. There was, there were so many bounces. So we talked about the bounce on the Marner goal. Freddie stood up on top of a puck that he stopped on an easy shot. Um, Shattenkirk on the first goal, maybe blasts it, maybe scores. Maybe Freddie stops it and we go to a faceoff. But his stick breaks, the puck slides like right above the crease. Brown has a chance to get it. Polak pokes at it, yeah. but it's just a little eh. Oshi gets it, sends it to Williams, and it's in the back of the net. Like there's just there was every goal had something about it. Um the only like real goal where you can't make any excuses, I think, was Gardner's. Um Holtby initiates contact with Kadri, made the right call. I didn't leave this game thinking the Caps were unbeatable, that's for sure. Right. And that's how I feel. Which to me, I have to be honest, is a tremendous relief. That's why I am zen this morning. I feel fantastic. The one thing I worry about is... Except for the hangover. Will that, yeah. Will that be the Caps' worst game of the series? That's what I worry about. I... I I don't think so. No? Because I don't think they were that bad either. It's not like they played bad. I think they played nervous, but I don't think they played bad. First period, they were bad. Or were were the Leafs good? Bad. Well, uh, yeah. That's yeah, the we, point. You know, we never want to give them credit, eh? Give them a little bit of credit. Yeah. I, I think they deserve it. And I think the thing is, Toronto has a fast, fast team. And you notice it. I mean, not that Washington doesn't. But it is a fast group of guys. And the the second the second they stop using that speed, that's when it starts to come up to bite them, you I know, think. Babcock, Babcock's an interesting guy. Like He does a few things that I haven't seen before, or maybe I just haven't been paying attention. So he's got his four lines, and he likes to roll them. After the Leafs have a big penalty kill, what does he roll out? That weird little, I think it's Matthews. Is Kadri, it Matthew, Matthews. Kad, is it Nylander. Kadri, Matthews, Hyman, or Kadri, Matthews, Nylander? Nylander. I think he alternates. Yeah. yeah. What about different lines for the third? Like, why not? You struggle so badly there. Like, what what's going on there? Is mm-hmm. it just a mental thing and it's going to fix itself over time? Or do you mix it up in the third? Hmm. If anything, I mean, it might screw up your players, might screw up theirs. I don't know. It's a little late to be experimenting. <laughs> yep, a little bit. But like, what would those lines be? Like, how would you optimize speed? See, I if if you're going to optimize speed, then you want to put, it's got to be like, I would say like a, what's she chewing on? She chewing on anything? <laughs> <She's trying> to, <laughs> hey, come here. She's trying to no, uproot no, no, the no, door stop. The door stop. Oh, it's the, the door stop. stop. <laughs> um, she's trying to, okay, well, she can go ahead and chew on that door stop. Uh, metal. I don't Marner, think she'll win. It's got to be Marner, for sure. Marner, Matthews, Nylander, just... Rah! Well, I don't know if you do that. I mean, do you... Do you or... And this is the problem. Kasperi Kapanen is so fast. Mm-hmm. But I was talking to Gus Katsaros about it on Twitter last week in our DMs. And I said, what are your thoughts on him? And he said he goes... He, he, he goes into dead zones. He's a little bit of a project, eh? Yeah. Like, I haven't been over the moon with him. But the raw skill... Is there. It's there. If it's the decision making, that's the thing. So yeah, if he dead zones, that's interesting. If he was, and you can follow Gus on Twitter at Cats Hockey. Um, what, Cats with a K. Uh, what he said to me was that um, Nylander has all of those things, but it, it's almost like um, uh, it's the decisions that he keeps making that are uh, that are the problem. If we could have him figure that out, it would be great to see what he could do with uh, Matthews and Nylander. I would love you know switch wings and just <laughs> come on, right? Throw that out there. See, how does a team defend that? If 
you have a guy like Kasperi Kapanen making those pro decisions that he hasn't, I don't think, fully started to make yet. Well, and now, so you've freed up a couple options. Uh, so what was that line? That it would you just be Kapanen. And I think Kapanen would have to switch wings, wouldn't he? Kapanen, Matthews, Nealand? Maybe, but a lot of the wingers they can play in the sides. Leaf system can uh, play both. So I say, uh, need, what about yeah. What about a line... Something along the lines of Hyman, Bozak, Brown. Hmm. I like that. Boyle, Martin. Who's the... And I don't, I don't know. Maybe you just shorten the bench a little bit and... Boyle, Martin, Hyman? Komarov, Kadri, insert. Boyle, Martin, mm-hmm. insert. I don't know. I'd also like to see oh, yeah, what... We, did we forget JVR exists? I don't know, Yeah, man. I'd just, like to see what, um, what Komarov looks like on the Matthews line. So you That's put interesting. you put Nylander and Matthews out there, and you have Komarov, who and it, and not, and this is not again this is we're not taking shots at Zach Hyman here, but I would love to see because not Leo can pretty much do everything pretty well. He's not a superstar scorer, but he's got some skill. He is probably a, a top ten, I think, defensive forward in the league. I think he's amazing on defense and never gets any credit for it. Um, I would love to see if Matthews and Nylander felt a little bit more at ease. Because he was on that line. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and knew that he would go in the corners. Knew he would go to the net, but also get back. I wonder if they would kind of free themselves up a little bit more. I don't or know. Are we just trying to reinvent the wheel after the Leafs lost a one goal one game? Goal game. Yeah. That could have gone either way. Yeah. Does um, Marchenko start next game? Uh, uh, I don't think so. No. I, don't I thought Marincin so. played well enough to keep playing. I thought Hunter yeah. played well. Riley yeah. played great. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Shame about Zaitsev. It is. Damn it. Hopefully he can come back. Yeah. Um, from from that, I'd like to move on. Yes. I'd like to move on to Montreal, New York, if I can. Yes. I know that didn't happen last night, but I would like to bring Andrew Berkshire on. Do you think I can do that? I think you can do that. Give me one moment. I'm going to dial him up. And joining us now, the one, the only, Andrew Berkshire. Boo. Boo. Hello. Whoa. <laughs> Uh, Andrew's already recorded a podcast today, so he's he's been at work on this Good Friday. Cool. Welcome to a better one. What's that? I'm offended by this booing. (laughs) We're offended by Montreal losing to the New York Rangers. Well, I know you are, Adam. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What happened, Andrew? Because to me, okay, so I watched the game and I'm like, man, I felt like in the first period, Montreal deserved to have more go their way. And and then I think maybe the rest of the way they weren't that strong. But Andrew, what was your take on the game? Uh, I agree. I, I liked the first period. It was pretty good for the Canadians. Uh, the second and third period, it seemed like the Rangers adjusted and the Habs had no answer whatsoever. Uh, they just can't generate offense, man. Like they just don't know what to do, and they've got too many guys who have no offense on that roster. Like even the guys that did contribute a fair amount of offense like a decent amount of offense in the regular season, like Philippe Deneau, uh, Andrew Shaw, they're third line guys. You know, Paul Byron is a third line guy who had a good year. Mm-hmm. Those guys can't be your top scorers. You can't have Alex Galchenyuk on your fourth line and expect to be scoring a lot of goals against Henrik Lundqvist. It just, the, the league doesn't work like that. <laughs> and I think the Canadians have just stretched themselves too thinly offensively. And uh, they're like, blatant refusal to graduate prospects has bitten them. You know, like uh, they have a guy in the American hockey league named Charles Houdon, who basically has across the board, the exact same profile as Connor Brown, but he's a little bit more dynamic. Uh, Brown's more of like a gritty guy. 
Houdon's got a little bit more talent. He's a goal scorer, right? Yeah, he's a, he's a good goal scorer, big time shooter, good playmaker. But where, whereas the Leafs broke in Connor Brown when they didn't really have to, they have so many rookies, they could have gone another route. The Canadians have a bunch of veterans and refused to to break in Charles Houdon. And you know, Connor Brown scored twenty goals this year. I think the Canadians could use a twenty goal scorer. Right. Uh, over the course of a full AHL season, Charles Houdon was on pace for thirty five. I think he could be an asset, but it's too late now. So help me out, man. Uh, Who's on Shaw's line? Uh, I think right now it is Arturi Lakin and and Paul Byron. Do you like that line? It kind of changes every game. That kind of sounds like a decent line. Yeah, it is a decent line. Uh, Lakin is very good. Uh, He actually was one of the better players last game. But, you know, Andrew Shaw is not a, a center in the NHL. Uh, even when he is um, playing center, he's you know, he, he's a good player, but he's not great defensively. Uh, his offensive game is mostly net front presence, and you can't do that as a center. You so, know, like, a center has to be more involved than just sitting in front of the net. So it takes away Shaw's most effective asset, and like it, it makes him kind of useless. Not like completely because he's pretty good at carrying the puck through the middle, but it's not his best role. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's he's limiting himself. Well, the reason I brought up that line is uh, there was some pack on CBC. I don't remember who was analyzing it, but it was talking about how the Habs got no traffic in front of Lundqvist and was letting him see everything. And one of the highlights that they showed during that pack was ha, uh, Shaw ripping a shot. And all I could think was, wait, why is Shaw ripping that shot? <laughs> it should be one of his teammates and he should be in there being a, a jerk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's the one headbutting in goals. <laughs> yeah, and I think that was on the power play as well. And Shaw has been on the first wave what? power play for most of the year, and he has one goal. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, is that actually so, even with Claude Julian? I mean, Claude Julian's been there what twenty four regular season games and one playoff game, and that's continued. Yeah, yeah it, it, it wow. still continues. Uh, the, the way they've organized their power play, it looks like they're trying to create two relatively equal units. But it, it hasn't worked out very well. I think they were like 8% down the stretch on the power play, which is, Ooh. you know, pretty, pretty brutal. Yeah. But, uh, you know, even last game, the power play, even if you ignore the forwards and say it was fine, <laughs> uh, they started Shea Weber on his strong side every power play. So Shea Weber is probably their number one asset in terms of, like, skill relative to the rest of the league at that specific position because of his shot, right? It's a ridiculous shot that can just blow a guy's kneecap off and still go in the net. But if you have him in a position where he cannot physically get a one-timer, what's the point? Because he's not a great playmaker. So if you're not using guys to the best of their ability on the power play and you're wasting time with a guy on his strong side because you're worried about like a clearance, you're just going about it the wrong way. You're thinking too conservatively, and I think that was the problem in game one. Let's pretend the Habs lose this series in whatever amount of games. Doesn't matter. Can you imagine if Shea Weber was Russian? <laughs> yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. Because if that were to happen, I don't think it's Shea Weber who will be in a lot of trouble. I, so, I think it'll be Mark Bergevin. No, well, because... I think you're 100% right. But the, the reason I bring that up is he's been to the second round, what, once, twice? Yeah, I think twice, and he hasn't had much playoff success. I actually kind of got mad at a, a writer 
in Montreal here recently who I have a lot of respect for because he wrote like a playoff preview piece and he said that Shea Weber was a proven playoff performer and I was thinking nope no he's not he's very bad actually in the playoffs historically uh, relative to his regular season performance he hasn't been a big playoff performer and so Nashville I, I really wasn't yeah. either. And, and I'm not. I'm not trying to dump on the guy. I'm more sticking up for Ovechkin. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Yeah. It's weird how things get twisted based on where you're from or, you know, what country you play for. And I feel like that's another thing that like people say, oh, Shea Weber's. You know, he's been big in the big moments for Team Canada. The way that Team Canada has been built for the last several years and the success that they've had. Who, as a regular, has not been good? You know, like, for, for Shea Weber's playing style, it's very easy for him to fit on those ridiculously talented teams because he gets to play his regular conservative style and just be a part of a great thing. He doesn't have to stand out. When you're playing in league play, where your best players have to be dynamic, it's tougher for him in the playoffs because he has to be the guy. He can't just be a guy. And, so and honestly, that's where you lose out when you trade a guy like P.K. Subban for Shea Weber. And you've got so much more ice when you're talking about Team Canada, right? Like we were talking, we're not talking NHL ice, right? There's more room. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if a guy like him, if, if you want to line him up for his shot, you have room to do it. A little bit easier. Yeah. Um, the, the one thing, I, I you tweeted something really interesting uh, a couple days ago, Andrew. So, and this is my favorite storyline because everybody keeps bringing this up with the New York-Montreal series, why I wanted to watch the game so much. And I know I missed a better game in the Boston-Ottawa game, but um, I wanted to watch for this reason. Alex Galchenyuk on the fourth line, uh, which is crazy. And and you tweeted this, Andrew. You said, quote, Alex Galchenyuk's been bad. That's why he's on the fourth line. And then you tweeted, since Claude Julien take, took over, so which was 24 games left in the regular season, uh, who's been good? And number two on team scoring since Claude Julien took over is Alex Galchenyuk with yeah. 15 points. Who's number one? When do we just start calling him Belarusian Kadri? Like, right. his, his career trajectory is eerily familiar to me, Andrew. Yeah, I don't think he has the defensive chops that Kadri has, but he's a little bit higher skill level. Uh, I, I think he definitely has a better shot. But, yeah, Galchenyuk, I don't know, because... I, I see what happened with Kadri and the change in Toronto's management structure and how that benefited him. And I don't see that coming in Montreal. So like, I think this <laughs> is probably the last we're going to see of Galchenyuk in Montreal. And it, it makes me sad just because the way I view it is not only are you going to lose Galchenyuk and probably lose that trade because he's a great player, but they lost Subban last summer as well. And that's your two most talented draft picks for the last, like, 22 years. Like, you're going back to, what, Saku Koivu? You know, like, that that level of talent? You mm-hmm. know, it, I guess you could say Andre Markov, but I feel like they drafted a ninth-round pick, that was more luck than, you know, a big-time draft pick that you're looking forward to. Price. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it comes back to me to a little bit like, this is going to sound nostalgic, but identity. What are the Canadians supposed to be in the grand scheme of the NHL, they're supposed to be the flying Frenchmen, right? So they lost the flying part in the mid nineties and they were no longer very good offensively. They weren't very entertaining, but they were very French. (laughs) Then they lost the French part in the two thousands. So what are they now? They're just another team. And I feel like that's what 
frustrates me about the direction that they're going is there's nothing really to hold on to with this team in terms of like an emotional or identifiable connection. They're just another team in the NHL, another corporation that is sometimes good and sometimes bad, not very entertaining, certainly not more entertaining than any other NHL team. You know, it's, it's tough. It's not a team that's going in the right direction overall. Here, I mean, let's drop all the emotions and nostalgia. How do the Canadians contain Tanner Glass? <laughs> I want to know. There's only one way, Steve. Steve Ott. <laughs> you know what? He's going to score. He's going to get the Habs' first goal of this series. Mark it down. Well, I don't know. I think it might be Andreas Martinson. Galchenyuk put three goals on his stick last game, and he whiffed on every single shot. So... <laughs> It's, Maybe he won't whiff once. Are you are you trying to tell me that the fourth line center for the Colorado Avalanche has not made an immediate impact? <laughs> yeah, about that. Yeah, I guess usually when you take the worst player off the worst team in the league, you can't really expect great things. Yeah. Oh, I don't know, Andrew. I think uh, I think buying a bunch of spare parts like Montreal did at the trade deadline sure made a difference. Well, you know, you could tell last game that Dwight King he, he really brought his Stanley Cup experience. <laughs> By skating around and doing absolutely nothing. Hey, he has scored a goal in 17 games and and, has, and added zero assists. Here, you know what, <laughs> you know what the worst part is? <laughs> like Sven Andragetto, who they traded for Andreas Martinson, had like a point a game run down from the trade deadline in Colorado. Oh my god! Like, nobody else in Colorado was scoring at all. Well, and then just... there's just Andragetto ripping shots, shooting like 22. percent It was incredible. <laughs> we just found their uh, n- new captain after they trade Landeskog for a fifth. Hey, <laughs> I feel like every time you come on the show, you, you kind of give the Habs a pretty hard time. But in my bracket video, which I mean isn't gospel, I probably made a few stupid picks. But for some reason. The Habs beating the Rangers seemed like the biggest slam dunk to me. I don't know why. It just spoke to me. Um, do, are the How do the Rangers lose this one? Well, I mean, honestly, as much as I am giving them a hard time, they should win this series. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. The, yeah. the Canadians are the better team here. The Rangers are a bit of smoke and mirrors. They don't have much depth on defense. You know, Henrik Lundqvist, as great as he was in that one game, isn't what he used to be. Uh, Carey Price is dynamite against the Rangers. Over his last 13 starts against them, he has a 9.68 save percentage. Crazy. You know, like, Jeez. Yeah, I mean, he had nine. He had a 9.67 save percentage last game, and they still lost, so you never know what could happen. But I don't think they're going to go the entire series without scoring. There were some positives, too. Like, Max Pacioretty was very good in that first game. I think he had six scoring chances, but he just flubbed a couple, and Lundqvist made a couple of big saves. I don't think that that game is indicative of how the series will go. No, no moral victories. No, that's in, right. In the playoffs, uh, we've we, we've been hearing that this morning in Toronto, no. Andrew. No moral victories. Well, you know, I, I got to say though, with Toronto, if they were to pull that game off, I could see it happening—the upset. But now that it's over, I'm like, Ooh, that that's kind of it. <laughs> what? Really? what if they? Second one, oh man. my goodness. <laughs> no, but it's all about that first impression, right? Like, if the Capitals get any bit of doubt in their mind, then, you know, you could seize on that. But now that they've won one and they got better each period as the game went on, 
I think that's kind of it, guys. Andrew's trolling us. Oh, yeah. She's trolling. <laughs> She's trying to trigger Leaf fans all across. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I get it. So, someone tweeted me, Habs in 3.25, <laughs> only because of the overtime. <laughs> Um, Andrew, I, last question on on uh, on Montreal, and well, it's not really a question; it's more of a I'm outing you because we were texting about it earlier this week. Oh damn! You have something that you hope happens, correct? Hope? Yeah, you like there's there's something to do with the Nashville Predators that you're. Oh, you're... I'd, lo- I'd love to see them win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Which I just, <laughs> I have them going I to too. the third round, man. I have them going to the third round. Yes, I, I have been going all the way in my bracket uh, and losing to Washington. But I feel like, I think what I was texting with Adam about was, I feel like it would be extremely funny to see the Canadians go to the final against the Predators and the Predators win it in Montreal. So like PK Subban oh. literally getting the Stanley Cup in Montreal. Oh man, I want I that. Like <laughs> I want the the that. riot that would happen oh. would destroy this city. It's funny because like that would have mean that would mean Mark Bergevin got a team to the Stanley Cup final, but you have to fire him purely out of principle. <laughs> yeah, like he, that's the rule, right? Like it's actually written in the NHL rule book. Oh my god, can you imagine? That would be so great. That's, uh, oh, if you're a storyline person like Jesse is, this is the, this is a storyline you want. Jesse is story a I win storyline. Yeah. The best storyline is the Leafs winning. The that, that's right. Okay, but this would be the second best, the right? Second best. Second yeah. best. Plus, I feel like as soon as that happened, I'd retweet my article on Sportsnet like the day of the PK Subban trade that got so much traffic. And just sit back and watch all the hate come in. Oh, it'd be sweet. Yeah, Andrew, uh, I was I was texting him when I when I used to get the emails for the the stats on Sportsnet.ca. The amount of people that read that article um, would have been one of the top ten cities in the country. Wow, <laughs> wow. a lot of people read it. Wow, man. Okay. <laughs> Well, Andrew, best of luck. Uh, we'll check in with you later this week, obviously, about uh, about how the Montreal New York series is going. But it was just funny. It's just funny. like my, Andrew, the Montreal fan, could not be more negative about where my, my Montreal's at. <laughs> he's no, well, he's not a Montreal not really fan. A fan. But okay, no. not a Montreal fan. That's right. No. Oh, that's right. You're a Leafs you know, fan, there's, Andrew. There's only room on the Steve Dangle podcast for one Habs fan. Adam. <laughs> <laughs> but enough about Jesse Blake. <laughs> Andrew, go. thanks for making time for us today, buddy. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Yeah, absolutely. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks, man. Andrew Berkshire. He, he man, he is, he's going to be a tough dad. He's you know a, what I mean? He's a king troll. He is. Uh, <laughs> he I, knows I, you know, how to troll. But he knows what he's talking about, too. And I think, you know, there was some stuff that he was tweeting yesterday. You should check out his tweets on where Washington's shots were and where the Leafs' shots were in the second period. Oh, I need to see this. And, uh, you know, Toronto wasn't anywhere close to the slot. Not good. Eh? Not good. Not so, good. you know, that that's the thing is that Toronto's going to have to correct some of those things. We'll see if they can make those adjustments. Ottawa-Boston. Why does it always have to be Brad Marchand? Why does it always have to be Brad Marchand? And I am not a Senators fan, but there is no way in hell I'm cheering for Boston in this series. You know, like what is what is greatness? What is greatness? Like is it is it is it totals or is it consistency? I think it's more consistency. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to effing Brad Marchand, it's always effing Brad Marchand. It is always without fail. It's crazy. Always so. Is he an elite player in this league? He's got to be. Absolutely, absolutely. He's also in the heart conversation. He's also an elite jackass. Yeah, but I don't think Boston should have made the playoffs this year. If Brad Marchand gives you 
what Brad Marchand gave the Bruins last season, which I believe was still good. I don't have the numbers. But in it front wasn't of me. thirty-eight goals or whatever he had. They don't make it. They don't make it. If Brad Marchand gives him, if Brad Marchand gives the Bruins the second best career of, or sorry, the second best season of his career so far, they don't make it. But he's given them this. Pittsburgh, Columbus. What do we think? Pittsburgh's up one, which has got to be big for them. It's not looking good for Columbus, man. Uh, one like, game, and you're saying that? Well, no, no, no. I mean, again, it's game one. It's game one. It's not looking good. Remember pregame when we did our playoff preview and we all picked Columbus? I picked the uh, Penguins. No, no, we all picked Columbus. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I picked Penguins. Pretty sure I picked Columbus. Why, why sure do you think it's not looking good? Is Pittsburgh just too too powerful on the offense, or is it? What well, is it? I shouldn't say it's not looking good. You know what it was? Marc Andre Fleury stood on his brain. Um, but if you're gonna win a game. You would hope it'd be the flurry game. It'd be a game where their defense is at their absolute least healthy. Yeah. And the Blue Jackets are like, just watch me. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, they'll take out two of their defensemen in the process. I just I just think game one was theirs for the taking and they weren't able to take it. If Matt Murray is healthy for game two, do you start him? Yes. No. You're crazy. You go with Flurry. You go with Flurry. Yeah. Why? How many saves did he make in the first game? He was unbelievable. Okay, it's... he won the cup for them last year, guys. I know, but Flurry won uh, two cups. It, right? No, one in two thousand eight. Well, no, he he won it as the backup, as a goalie on the team. Fair enough. As a goalie, you <laughs> dressed. Man, I guess, man. I I the <laughs> I just say that because, like, okay, let's play doctor and throw out random numbers. Let's say. Uh, when did the Penguins play? Wednesday? Mm-hmm. And it's Friday. Let's say Wednesday. Matt Murray was at 70%. So today's Friday. Is he at 100? Yes. In two days, yes. he gained 30%. There, yes. Sullivan said uh, Flurry is starting. So there you go. Murray's not healthy enough. This is what I'm saying. You wait until Murray is a hundred or nothing. The way Flurry played, Flurry goes and lays an egg. Then you go. What uh, you know? What eighty five percent Matt Murray is better. Okay. All right. Uh, but I mean, he was fantastic. And you know, we were all about. Hey, is Pittsburgh going to trade Mark Andre Flurry? Is Pittsburgh going to trade Mark Andre Flurry? Boy, is it a good decision to hang on to a guy who's won a cup before and could be a starter on pretty much any most teams in the NHL, I would say. Uh, That's a pretty good goaltending tandem. What's the most important position in the NHL? Goaltending. Exactly. They are going to lose him. but Very, well, I don't know that for sure, but that's a conversation for June. Um, What was I about to say? I don't remember. Oh, every playoffs, at least one team needs two goalies. There are only a handful of teams in these playoffs that are really equipped for that. Mm-hmm. Penguins happen to be one of them. Toronto. Yep. Back up Annie. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Back up Annie for sure. Yeah. I think the Preds, if they need yeah. to rely on UC Soros, they can. The Flames, kind of. Eh, kind of. I like uh, Jonas Corposalo. I Columbia. don't. No? He's, that's nah, a, that is a step a no. down from Bobrovsky, man. Well, everybody's a step down from Bobrovsky. I, but a step down. <laughs> a stop. A stop. A stop. Down. No, that step needs one of those signs out front where it says, watch your step. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. That's Mind, a, Mind the, the gap. gap. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, Edmonton, San Jose. A lot of people were drawing conclusions between the Leafs and Caps. Edmonton, San Jose. Um, here's the thing. 
yes, the scores basically worked out the same. Yes, the way it played out basically worked out the same. However, go into the advanced numbers of that game. San Jose sort of dominated it. Oh, yeah. Well, and I mean, uh, I don't think the Caps were missing Nicholas Backstrom. No. The Sharks were missing Joe Thornton. Mm-hmm. And his um, beard. But they did have a 2-0 lead, and they could have buried it. Yep. Gary Kajula's stake, uh, stick breaks. And there's another bounce. It That one didn't favor the Oilers. Shattenkirk stick breaks. Oh, nuts. Hey, wait. Hope. Hey, wait. We got a goal anyway. Friggin' playoffs, man. Hockey, it'll break your heart. Uh, it definitely will. And, you know, I really wanted... Like, it's Edmonton's yeah. first playoff game since they lost the Cup. It would have been way more fun. I wish they'd won that game. It and been, I bet they yeah. wish that, too. It's at home. Like, the whole Orange Crush thing. Everybody's so excited. Two nothing lead. Yeah. What, I, you know what I loved going in was the... They were... that. What did they... How did they put it out? They, they basically, you know, threw to Edmonton from the from the studios, from the CBC studios in Toronto. And, you know, you got the fans there, and they're just so jacked, and they're cheering. And the two people talking on the screen, I can't remember who it was... Uh, on Sportsnet, they had like they, they couldn't hear each other, mm-hmm. and like they're trying, like they're trying to do this live yeah, hit, yeah, and they yeah, can't yeah, hear. Yeah. And I'm like, I just wanted that for Edmonton so bad, um, but learning experience, learning experience. Uh, yeah, I said it. Um, it was kind of like I want to say last year's Panthers, whole bunch of teams before them. The younger team takes their lumps. In, in their first year. It just right. happens. Younger team takes time. Uh, what did you guys think of the $80 standing room ticket? Okay, so, so what? No, what's that? That is the story that uh, has kept eluding me. Can you please explain that? Okay. I kind of wanted to learn second, about it on the up. podcast. Yeah, pull it up. Um, I saw a bunch of people freaking out. There's is this, too much. Is this in Edmonton? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, in this series going forward, though, I still believe Edmonton can definitely do this. I just... Well, it's, it is similar to the Leafs. I mean, they were right there. They're right there, except they have the home ice advantage, though. Right. Right. Now, this series to me could potentially, well, every series, but this series to me is hugely altering for the um, Western Conference picture. Because I think if the Oilers win, they probably end up losing to the Ducks in round two, because I assume the Ducks beat the Flames. I'm just going with how my bracket works, right? Mm -hmm. But if the Sharks dominate, like if the Sharks really prove... They're another level compared to the Oilers. Then they're a little bit better than I thought. They're a little bit closer to last year's team than I thought. And then all of a sudden, you get a big, ugly, heavy series between the Ducks and Sharks. And whoever comes out of that series is going to be a little bit broken up. Then whoever comes out of that top bracket in the West, Mm -hmm. you could be potentially picking at a carcass there. And there's your ticket to the Stanley Cup final. I don't know, man. You never know in the playoffs. No, you don't. You I, don't. I, I came up with a saying that I hope no one had before me because I think it was clever. When it comes to the Stanley Cup playoffs, <laughs> what? <laughs> June has a habit of making April fools. Oh! <laughs> I like that. Round of yeah, applause. Yeah, you do. I do. Round you of applause. Jesse's like, Argh. I'll take it. Um, I, I also want to say I'm shouting myself out uh, when Mitch scored, Mitch Marner scored, the Mituation tweet. That's a good mituation. Like oh, the situation. I meant to tweet that. Yeah. Jesus. I think that deserves retweets, you guys. Come on. I said that to you guys. Like, aren't you glad we're friends? And I was very disappointed. I tweeted amazing friendship. things like that. Re- the mituation. I'm go retweet right I want to make him a shirt that says the mituation. Um, Jesse, what's, so, the, what's the story? The Edmonton Oilers, for their playoff games, they're selling concourse passes. What? 
on God's green earth is that. I will read it out for you. Fans still hoping to be inside Rogers Place for Oilers playoff games are not shut out. The Edmonton Oilers are making available for sale a limited number of concourse passes for playoff home games. The passes will allow fans to be a part of the playoff atmosphere inside Rogers Place. Concourse passes will allow access to both the main concourse and upper concourse, but do not include a seat or a view of the ice surface. Purchasers of the concourse passes will be able to view the game on the many screens located around the concourses, including a number of large video walls. Um, a limited number will be available on game nights at the north entry gates. Uh, first come, first serve basis. Doors will open two hours prior to the game. Concourse passes are $80 each and payable via credit card. Passes are non-transferable. All right. Oilers fans, I, I think you've been taking a beating from this podcast over, so what do you think? over the last few months. Uh, your privileges to rip on Leafs fans... Revoked <laughs> permanently. Eighty dollars to sit in hot dog and piss smell. Eighty dollars. No, no, not sit. You don't get a seat. Sorry, stand <laughs> for, for three, three hours. hours. It's made very clear you don't get a seat. You work your you work your ass off all day doing whatever you do to pay eighty dollars to be in the arena but not see the game. You are that real life meme. You're, you're that what? meme. You're, you're that. You ever, uh, have you had people send you the meme? What it feels like to listen to podcasts and it's a guy yeah. eating cereal next to a sign. Yeah, <laughs> that's you. When all the fans go, yeah, guess what? A second later, you can also go, yeah. yeah. but you're in the arena. You can go, yeah, too. I hope. Please tell me those TVs are behind. Please tell me they're actually behind. Oh, there's a delay. How annoying <laughs> would that be? They're probably not. Oh. I can almost. Well, assume. and I was also thinking. Wait, $80 to stand in the concourse. Now, I wonder, the, the concourse is not like, like the Oshawa Generals have a concourse, but you can see the ice pretty much from everywhere. Yeah. Well, so concourse pass there would make sense. But I wonder, in Rogers Arena, do they ha- is there an open there? Well, it's like the ACC, right? You, yeah. can't, you can't watch. Right. Uh, there might be some places in like the upper deck, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I was trying to think of how in Pittsburgh. an angle, but you can't really. If I remember correct, I think in Pittsburgh, if you're in the upper bowl, you can see. It's just that the the entrances to the seats aren't close enough to the ice to see from there. Like right. You can't stand where the stairs end and see the ice because you're too far up. Islanders fans, you're off the hook. <laughs> you're, you're off the hook. Brooklyn fans, you're off the 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 balls on the Oilers. The balls. The balls. How many people buy this? A lot. Oh, they sell out every game. They sell, Absolutely. Exactly. They sell out every game. This is... This is What's a the fire code deal there. That's like exactly how many, what it how is. How many of those seats I can you sell? Gonna <laughs> Sorry, say. I keep saying seats. How many of those tickets can you sell? What if you sell? That's funny. What if you sell one thousand? Conquer. First of all, you know who's really ripped off? The people who paid for the seats. If it's eighty dollars to stand in the concourse, imagine what the seats cost. And now it's intermission. I got twenty minutes. To go get my hot dog and yeah. buy my buy my little son and my little daughter a, yeah. a, a couple. But all these peasants are in line. Johnny, and Concord. I wait forty five <laughs> minutes <laughs> in line because a thousand people beat me there because they were already there. And I gotta. I want to go to the bathroom. 
You, you better you better bring like a friggin' kayak paddle <laughs> to, to American gladiators, Albertan gladiators. What a stupid. The restrooms must be awful. And oh, just dude, just, just pee on the pillar. Yeah. Like, just There's don't so bother using. Yeah, there is. I mean, I, I, how what? many are sold? I would love. It to says know. a limited number. They don't say exactly. Limited in, in number. I'm hoping it's like only a, maybe a couple hundred max. At uh, at Steeler games, there are certain bathrooms just that are just troughs, right? Mm. They're just. Yeah. I feel like they need to do that more at hockey games. Like I know it's nice that everybody gets their own sweet little urinal, but when you do the trough pee experience, <laughs> you just get through it faster, right? <laughs> the trough pee experience, uh, and and you can make the men's room smaller, the, the women's room bigger because it needs only to be thing bigger. About the trough is for little kids when they go in. The That's trough tough, and they're standing at. And they're getting the splash back. Yeah. Now, here's a question. Yeah, that's when you take them to the toilet. Yeah. Yeah. Does anyone try to do like a motorcycle in traffic when when they're just like, yeah, I could fit another... We can, we can, we can all fit in here. We can no, it's, it kind of self-regulates. It self-regulates because nobody wants to be like touching someone else while they're Yeah, peeing. but it's like, it's like when I worked at the zoo. Take the amount of people you know. How many of those people are crazy... Now, put that on the scale of everyone who goes to the zoo. So, how many people do you know? How many of them are crazy? How many go to each Steelers Well, okay, game? maybe in Florida it would be different, but Pennsylvanians are pretty nice. Florida would be like, but if you got cr- it'd be much crazier. People. But every thousand people, yeah. Yeah, I bet you Pennsylvania's got a Tim. <coughs> got a Tim. Fucking Tim. Always timming it up. <laughs> Wait, There's no, a no. little shoulder rubbing Tim. Shane. Oh, definitely a shame. shame. Fucking shame. Right? Old, <laughs> old pissing all over the place there, Shane. Oh, uh, rubbing elbows there, Shane. I, I, messing up your stream. You know, you know the, the, the conversation with these Oilers passes, by the way, in the boardroom where we have extra room underneath our fire coat. Mm-hmm. Like we have we have X amount of seats, X amount of box seats, and with security and everybody else in there, we have this many tickets to play with. Mm-hmm. We w- we can absolutely do this, and and you know what? With how like remember it wasn't wasn't it? F- I think I was living in Calgary and Daryl Cates threatened to move the Oilers. Didn't he do that like a month ago? And then he got his arena. Or was, was it? Or, or was it? No, the, that was the that was the Flames. Well, yeah, because the, the Rogers Arena is brand new. Yeah. Right, right, right. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. But the Flames were like, "Huh? Well, it worked for Mister Cates, yeah. so we're gonna do it too." <laughs> You're not moving the flames from Calgary. Stop it. Uh, you'll figure out an arena deal with the city. The public will have to pay way too much money for a team that doesn't need it. Yeah, I get it. Um, it's it's what happened in Edmonton. It's what will happen in Calgary. This is the way this goes. I I, I totally understand. Uh, Gerald Cates has had a rough news week. He sure has. Did you see that story? Yep. Let's leave that. Um, let's not go there. Uh, Anaheim, Calgary. Fun game to watch. Tough series. That I, I nobody's giving Calgary a, a snowball's chance in hell here, but I really feel like like that right at the end of the game wasn't it Goodrow or was it Monahan that that was in on I don't remember like he was in on Gibson that could have easily gone in that game's tied now maybe the feisty series of the first round two teams that genuinely yeah. hate each other two teams that embrace the hate embrace the the feistiness the nastiness all the stick work now when did Ryan Kessler sit on the puck. How much time was left in the game? That is a good question. Because Tyler Dello had a great tweet that uh, just makes perfect sense. If you sit on the puck, like it's some kind of delay a game thing, and it's in the final two minutes, maybe maybe we can negotiate what that number is. But if it's a certain lateness in the game, 
That's a penalty shot. Hmm. That's not a penalty. That's a penalty shot. Like, okay, if the, let's say there's three seconds left in the game. You're not convinced you can clear it. Uh, Shea Weber is there and Carlson and Subban for some reason. They're all on the same team now. And you... You mean the Leafs in a couple years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you throw the puck over the glass. It's a delay a game penalty. Yeah. So now the other team is on a power play with three seconds left in the game. Screw that. That's a penalty shot. You can't, you can't change the rules at a certain time of the game. That's not how it works. So I can just do in the final 10 seconds of the game, you're dead. You're dead meat. I'm going to take off my skate. And we'll find out what slashing really is. Like, seriously. <laughs> Dude, that, what? Well, that, that well, might be an intent to injure. That's an intent to injure. Okay, it's glass. game seven. It's game seven. I'm about to retire. We're going to win the cup. <laughs> you go to jail. <laughs> Not if I... Man, who's ever gone to jail for a two-handed slash to the ankle? I'm winning the stupid cup. You can't change the rules at a certain time of the game. Then guess what? Good thing you have two ankles. Click. Good thing. Good thing. What are you going to give me? A five-minute major? Ah, Spear. Why not? when there's ten seconds left, everybody bring out their guns. It just becomes a gladiator match. Shoot them in the face. (laughs) Throw your helmet. Game over. Why not? There's no consequences. Sit on the puck. Throw it. Just pick it up and throw it. <laughs> Why not? There's f- ten seconds left. Try picking up a puck in the middle of an NHL game. Yeah, really. And don't get your hand chopped off. Listen, well, is Ryan Kessler... Oh, so we can chop off hands? <laughs> is Ryan Kessler top ten among the most hateable players in the NHL? Oh my god, yeah. But yes. you know what? For a guy whose contract we absolutely lambasted... Shit, this is where he earns that money. Absolutely. This is what the Ducks are paying him for. Absolutely. It's not necessarily the regular season. And he's a Selkie candidate this year. Maybe. He's in the conversation for sure. Mm-hmm. And damn it, if he wasn't one of the best players in that game. St. Louis beat uh, Minnesota. Jake Allen beat Minnesota. <laughs> the difference a few months make. Crazy, isn't it? Crazy. Uh, and of course, Nashville beat uh, Chicago in overtime. I think we need to go through our brackets. Do, do you guys remember your brackets? Uh, oh, I'm like I think one so. for seven. Are you? It's- I had a rough first day. <laughs> Good, yeah. t- tell me. Tell me. Who do you have going all the way? Who are your finals? Uh, I hate it, but uh, I think I had the Ducks taking on the Caps in the final, and the Caps win. See, what Steve told me he was going to do, mm-hmm. Jesse, was he was going to not play with his head. He was going to play with his heart. He's gonna play with his heart. And Steve said, "I'm gonna go Toronto Maple Leafs in the Eastern East, and then I'm gonna pick whatever team in the West." I should have. I Steve, regret it. Iggy picked the Leafs. Friggin' Iggy. Steve, that's a how did you, how, what did you pick, Jesse? What'd you go with? I went with uh, Washington, Minnesota, because Jesse Minnesota. Wow. Mm-hmm. I. That's not looking good. I oh, went, no, I went with Washington, Edmonds, Edmonton. Sorry. Wow. Yeah, also yeah. not looking. Wow. Good. <laughs> I went with Toronto, Nashville. So at least I could get half of it, right? So you get to go. <laughs> so I get to go to and the game. And you get to see the Leafs. And I get to see the Leafs. <laughs> because remember, if if Nashville makes it, we get Jesse and I both get free tickets. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're that, coming, you always, though. You're be like coming. Almost everyone I know going to Nashville because they were invited, except for me. 
It'll You're be coming. like you two. My cousin's going there for his bachelor party. My wife's going for a bachelorette. Just if we're going to, to Nashville, if we're no. going to Nashville, he's coming. Steve, no, he wasn't on the okay, team. He's not allowed to come. He's not even allowed to. He's not allowed to go on his own either. <laughs> we'll all fly together. Tell the predators to ban this man from the building. This we'll says no Steve. We'll be like, we'll, we'll call in a threat and yeah, then and then fax threat. them Steve's oh picture. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, which you can do in the final 10, min- uh, ten seconds of the game. Yeah, no battles. No battles. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I didn't say bomb threat. I just said threat. Yeah. See, I didn't. I didn't say what the threat would no, be. No, it'll be, a be like, threat. "Hi, I'm Steve, and oh you are God. threatened." <laughs> wow. We'll attach these. Do the predators too. have concourse passes that I can buy? <laughs> also, a small note on that: Edmonton's also charging five dollars for a watch party in the arena. On the uh, on, on the a screen, game. so you can come to the arena and watch the game on the screen for five dollars. Inside or outside? Inside. See, ours is free. To my outside. knowledge, yeah, Maple Leaf Square is still free. They have like metal detectors and, and beer and stuff like that. Oh, do they sell don't beer? They have beer? I don't they have know. Beer? Oh. I don't know. Hmm. I should probably know that. I'm hosting um, a thing. On but me. if you want to go watch the, any road game, you can go inside Rogers Place for five dollars. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a little different. I like that. That's okay. Yeah. Watch it on the Jumbotron there? Yeah, uh, yeah. that's okay. I like that. That's okay. okay. I'm fine with that. Yeah, the, the Jays did that for the first uh, World Series when they won in Philly. Oh. Um, they actually had the Rogers Center, Skydome at the time, filled to the brim. Like, wow. they had 55,000 people freaking out, and the Jays weren't even there. Uh, it was, it, it's pretty cool. There's pretty, gotta pretty be cool. footage of that. There is. There I've is, never yeah. seen it. I think there's like, you know when, when teams used to win championships, and then the team would put no. out like a... Sorry. A, uh, a, a v- like a DVD or yeah. or in this case VCR uh, video VHS, VHS sorry uh, VHS um, thing. I think I had one, and I think it was the '92 series, wow. and it was hilarious because Philly fans, man, even back then were Philly fans. Mm-hmm. So like some of the stuff they capture in the crowd. What is are a, you nuts? It's amazing. It's just amazing. You know what's great? So there are so many series where you could see it potentially getting ugly in the stands and. Certain fan bases really don't like each other. What was great was after the Caps win it in overtime, they they go to a couple Leafs fans in the stands. I'm like, oh boy, what's gonna go? What's gonna happen here? And they're just pleasantly shaking hands. Just pleasantly shaking hands. Fucking Caps fans. Damn it! Why did it have to be them? It's a very civil city. I'm glad it's them, and I'm also not glad it's them. Man, after that game, I got chirped by like a grand total of like half a dozen Caps mm-hmm. fans. Uh, Islanders fans, Sens fans, Canucks fans, Habs fans. Actually, a few of them are pretty nice. Flames fans. Who the fuck are any of you? (laughs) Who are you? What are you talking about? (laughs) What are you talking about? It's the Caps. The Caps and no one else. No Canadian team has won. Not one. Not one. We're all in this miserable bullshit together. And and that's the funny part is that any... Team fan of a Canadian franchise. Either you're not in the playoffs, or you haven't won a game yet either. So, <laughs> uh, good times. Snapcock says that oh. Zaitsev is expected to miss game two. Ah, unfortunate. Well, Fuck. better that he be healthy. Mm-hmm. Yes, better that he be healthy. This is not the year that they are the Stanley Cup favorites. I want them to win the cup, no question. But long term health is more important here. I want when he's Polino. when he's fifty. I want him to be able to walk downstairs and play with his kids and his grandkids and whatever. Yeah. That's what's important. Yeah. So the only thing weighing him down will be his five cup rings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Um, so here's a, a really interesting story, and it's kind of a departure. Um, St. Louis, the city, 
is doing something very, very interesting. Are you ready for this? They're charging $80. They're not. You can watch. No, St. Louis, not the team, not the Blues. St. Louis used to have a team. In what sport? Uh, NFL. Yeah. I'm smart. What happened to them? They died. They they didn't die, no. Oh, they moved to Los Angeles. Yeah, they went to a new school there. Um, New school? They went to a new school. They had to transfer schools. Mm, It's a shame. The city of St. Louis... The County of St. Louis and the St. Louis Regional Convention and Sports Complex Authority are suing the NFL and all of its teams, with many owners individually named as defendants, for damages arising from the relocation of the Rams. Good. They're suing the entire league. Good. Good, fuck you. I don't even care if they have a leg to stand on. It's just well. Here's what the lawsuit alleges: the lawsuit alleges that the Rams secretly decided to move from St. Louis. That the Rams lied to St. Louis officials regarding the team's intention. I'm not really surprised by that because we all knew that the LA thing was coming for like two years, and they're like, yeah. no, 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 we're gonna, no. we're committed to St. Louis. <laughs> um, uh, and the league failed to comply with its terms, uh, with its own relocation policy terms in allowing the Rams to leave St. Louis. It is, lists several false, false statements from Rams owner Stan. Uh, is it Cronkey? Cronky. Uh, and uh, executive VP of football operations, Kevin Demnoff. Uh, for example, Cronky allegedly said in 2010, I'm going to attempt to do everything I can to keep the Rams in St. Louis. I've always stepped up for pro football in St. Louis. I'm stepping up one more time. I'm born and raised in Missouri. People in our state know me. People know I can be trusted. <laughs> Come on. Uh, people know I'm an honorable guy. Cronky, uh, bought the land that will become the site of the team's new stadium. Allegedly, uh, he said it's not a piece of land that's good for any football stadium when he bought it. And that, I believe, he he, he said the size and shape aren't good for football. And then Demnoff said at a fan forum that it was a one in a million chance that the Rams would leave St. Louis. And that was in 2014, and they left two years later. Now, we all know what it's like to have executives talk and 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 they have to i mean i i don't imagine that i don't know if stan Kroenke's an honorable guy or not i have no idea but he's a business owner and he was like mm, los angeles doesn't have a team there's a lot of money and a lot of people in los angeles i think it might be a good idea to move my team there however if they did not follow their own relocation policy rules which i think is important mm-hmm. then i think st louis has a case Absolutely. I, I I don't know. I hope they win based on nothing other than fuck these guys. Like, I society is a, is a good thing. Civilization is a good thing. Rules and laws are a good thing. But don't you just feel like some people <laughs> just ought to be tied to something and have fruit thrown at them <laughs> for like a while? Yeah. Yeah. Like a bad guy in like so, like a bad stage performer in Pinocchio. You know who I think? Like- <laughs> you know who I think needs that? Jeffrey Loria. Do you know who Jeffrey Lurie is? Uh, I forget. The last owner of the Montreal Expos. The guy who swore... Oh, that <laughs> fuck. Uh, yeah, and yeah, and yeah, Florida yeah. Marlins fans also love Jeffrey Lurie because he's now the crazy-ass owner of the Florida Marlins. Instead and the of, Knicks guy. And... I don't... Uh, the Knicks guy is... Uh, he's funny, I think, sometimes. Except for the Charles Oakley stuff. Yeah, James Dolan. But, like, yeah. it, somebody was like, hey, J- to James Dolan at the game, they're like, hey, James Dolan called me a fucking asshole. And they asked James Dolan about it. He's like, I, yeah, I did. That he's guy a, is a fucking asshole. Because he's a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Which Pardon, is very New York. I like that. You know what? At least he said it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Goodell would have been like, 
Uh, I never would have said that. I appreciate all our fans. Just shut the fuck up. And it's your right as an American to <laughs> it's say. It's your right as an American to be an asshole. That's my favorite thing that politicians say in the United States. Thank you for the question. Thank you for the question. And that's it's your right as an American to ask. It's that's like, one what? of those things where that's don't it, patronize like If you look me. up "thank you for your question" in the like dictionary, it would be "you motherfucker." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also, <laughs> I'm not you answering this. You motherfucker. I think at this point we should expect billionaires to be dicks, and St. Louis should expect... That's how you get to be a billionaire. become a billionaire? Yes. Yeah. Like, is Oprah a shitty person? <laughs> I'm sure there are people out there that don't like Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you... Very few, but I'm sure you can find people that... Have you met Oprah? I've never met Oprah. Oh, I would love... That Oprah? would be a dream. Yes, she has. Oh, yeah. You know she's, what's great? She interviewed her when years you asked, ago. When you asked... I love Oprah. Have you ever met Oprah? And he said no. I was surprised. Yeah, I thought that's oh how God. important Adam is. That'd be a, no. It's not true at all. But I would important. Oprah's important, mm-hmm. and I would that would be a dream interview. I would love to talk to Oprah. I'd love to have Oprah on this podcast. I think we could. I think we could have fun with Oprah. Leaves are going away. <laughs> you get a cup. You get a cup. Um, yeah. The refs last night. They were like, "You get a penalty." <laughs> and that, you know what's great? She's been on TV for like thirty plus years, and, that's and what we remember for. her for. Everyone gets a car. My favorite Oprah moment was when Oprah was on Fresh Prince. That was my favorite. Mm. And that's oh. ba- that's back when Oprah, the Oprah Winfrey show was like Maury Povich yeah. and Sally Jesse Raphael. Oh. It, it was a really dirty show. pregnancy stuff. Yeah, yeah, man. It was a dirty show back in the day. And then it became this, there they are, rebranded it and I looked at, cleaned it up. Um, there's like a, like a compilation of like crazy talk show moments from like the early to mid 90s. <gasps> the 90s were <laughs> whack, man. There's a there's an Al Sharpton clip, and and I was just like, how was he allowed to be Al Sharpton after that aired? Yeah, how there's, he's still today Al Sharpton. I think how da- was he allowed to still be Al Sharpton? Daquan on Instagram, I think, pulled up some old Blink One Eighty Two footage from one of their concerts, and there's like a whole bunch of their like joke songs on their albums that like you oh, know yeah. it's Christmas Eve uh, and my grandpa just ate seven fucking hot dogs and, and he shit 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 his pants he's always fucking shit in his pants and like and, and they're like parents, the 90s were crazy man my parents did not allow that but my oh. neighbors across the street who were basically feral children like they, everyone had the kids who were allowed to do whatever the yeah. fuck they wanted yes and they're I in jail now went to their garage uh, maybe I went into their garage and I remember the first time they played that Blink album with like, take off your pants or jacket. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it was just like holy shit, this is amazing. People can say this. Mm. And again, another time we went and saw a movie, me and a few friends and their mom, and like we were really young. We're talking like grade five here, uh, and I don't remember what it was. But after that movie was done, they snuck us in. I'd never snuck into a movie before. The movie they snuck us into was there's something about Mary. Oh my god! And I remember just oh. I can't believe we didn't get kicked out of the theater because just swearing was funny. I'm in grade five. Swearing's hilarious. And I can't believe I'm hearing it. it killing, just dying laughing. Oh my God. Busting a gut laughing. I remember. I don't even I, remember what happened. <laughs> I, I was 12 or 13. And for some reason, my parents let me buy the Marshall Mathers LP that had just come out. And the first track on the Marshall Mathers LP is, thank you for purchasing this album, or Eminem's new album. Uh, by buying this album, you have just sucked his dick. Yeah. And like, and we had it on in the car with my cousins, who were like two. <laughs> and it was like, oh, shit. <laughs> my, my buddy, I got it for Secret Santa in grade 
seven, six or seven. I think it came out summer grade seven something or something like, like that. that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I re- I remember my buddy being like, "Don't tell your parents you got this." And I opened it and I'm like, "No fucking way! How did you get this?" And again, parents don't give a shit. That kid's parents didn't mm-hmm. give a shit. Mine did. And I remember just like listening to it um, on my Walkman, sitting on the couch, like my dad on the left, mom on the right, and they have no idea. I'm just listening to like the most poisonous <laughs> album. To <laughs> it was a dark album. Holy shit! The like, first time Kim I heard is, Kim, Kim is a scary like, song. Oh, like I, I remember again the swearing. I'm just like swearing's awesome, and then Kim comes on, and I'm like. That, that that was enough to make a, like a seventh grader blush. I was like, no, that's fucked up. I'm gonna turn this off. And the the, <laughs> the Steve Berman track, which I I don't know if, how much detail yeah. I want to get into about that. Yeah. Where it's you basically know what it feels yeah, like yeah. to be told to go fuck yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so whack, man. Uh, I remember when I was twelve and kids' favorite movie was Teen America. And oh, like, <laughs> and like I look oh. back at it now, I'm like, how? Oh. Were we, how was our favorite movie in grade eight. <laughs> so holy shit, that was so great though. Oh my god. To, to go with Steve batting near zero with girls. Um, the only girlfriend I had before my wife, um, like within the first week of us dating, like our first date, I was like, let's go see a movie. What's out right now? Team. We fucking went and saw Team America. <laughs> the doll poops hey, on the, the other doll. The sex scene was <laughs> awkward. It's fucking on our first date. <laughs> I didn't know. I I think I didn't know. Have you ever laughed so hard you peed? Like you've that was the first movie I can remember. I actually peed. Like it, it, no, I had a little like a little drop, and I was like, I have to leave because I was I had to pee so bad. Well, because I got the big gulp, like freaking movie, large movie popcorn and big ass pop. And and I'm drinking this thing and I have to go and then he like he like shits yeah, on yeah. like yeah, yeah. and I I didn't know I, I was barfs so... for a solid thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it is messed watch. up that movie. Let's it's show this up. to twelve year olds. Oh, yeah, it's a good thing this podcast is marked explicit. Holy <laughs> crap! What, I know. What's great is um, holy crap indeed. Holy holy gosh darn! Good Friday. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, um, yeah, a lot of you are listening to this on your way to like family Easter church. dinner. Yeah, <laughs> church. Um, yeah, the South Park guys talk about how miserable that movie was to make and how hard it was to make. Imagine making a real movie <laughs> instead of Team America. Yeah. How hard it must be to make like Avatar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These guys made with marionettes. Team America. <laughs> We've saved you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. It's okay though. The world has gotten way less crazy. Yeah, since no. I just, you know, it, it's just funny when you when you look back on what was considered pretty mainstream, like American Pie and the stuff that came out. If that came out now, the freaking moms council would be oh, all over uh, that shit. Like they're already mad at Ellen for just being gay. Go or, back, like or Paul Ryan. for being gay on TV. Yeah. Go back to the like late sixties. She lost a sitcom because of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The main the main dude on network television was threatening to punch his wife in the face every week. Right to oh, the, the moon, moon Alice. Yeah, right yeah. to the moon. <laughs> That's that true. Television. And that was when conservatism really ruled, right? Like yeah. that was. 
Oh, I don't know. You're you're the American historian. I don't well, know. I mean, that was it was a pretty conservative time, right? That's yeah. why the '60s, kind of late '60s movements happened. My, uh, I mean, my uh, uh, essay to get into uh, radio and television arts. Remember when we had to write? Uh, mine was called Sour Grapes, and it was about how Don Cherry can get away with whatever the fuck he wants. That's a good point. And the stuff he said in like the late '80s, early '90s. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah man, he said some crazy stuff. He couldn't stuff. say it today. He no. couldn't. Like even he would get fired. Yeah. Yeah, he was the guy that was advocating not wearing visors. <laughs> Pretty sure he still does. And blamed it on the French. <laughs> Just the Frenchies. Man, the one the one thing that we never got. That was a thing. The one thing we never got that we were robbed of as television viewers was we got Don Cherry lambasting, um, I think it was Pavel Bure and the Canucks. For what? Uh, it was a rumor about Burray holding out on the Canucks before the playoffs. Like, I'm not going to play the first playoff game if you don't renegotiate my contract, something like that. Which was probably just a rumor, right? But then they had Pat Quinn, who was with the Canucks at the time, on with Ron McLean. And if Don Cherry was right there at that moment, they would have thrown hands. They would. Oh, it would have been bad. Hmm. But it would have been so amazing to just have Pat Quinn... Ron McLean in grizzled, the middle. Grizzled dudes. And Don Cherry just, we missed like what should have been the greatest shouting match in Canadian television history. But that's back in when television actually aspired to be like a moral high ground. Mm. Like they wouldn't have no, put those. that was the Maury Povich era, Well, man. yeah, but they put, they wouldn't put those two on TV together because they wouldn't want that to get out of hand. It's in Canada. In Canada. Well. Now it's like, put them on. Put them on. When it comes to TV, like it's always like, okay, if a fight goes down, who would break it up? You're not breaking up Don Cherry, Pat Quinn. Oh, my God. 20, 25 years younger? Nuh-uh. Um, no. <laughs> I'm not sure if our American listeners have seen this, but there is a clip of a CFL like Hall of Fame reunion thing. So Canadian Football League Hall of Fame reunion oh, thing. Yeah! Where guys, oh, they've two seen guys that. that made ESPN. So two guys yeah. who like hated each other in the 60s are now in their 80s and one of them beats the other one with a cane and the other one oh. comes back back at him with a walker. It's the craziest fight I've ever Type seen. In just like what? CFL alumni fight? Oh my god. Yeah. Wild. Absolutely wild. That like it's just stuff that you're like, I can't believe anyway, anyway, we're totally off track here. I also like Milt Steagle lambasting that reporter too. What what why? That clip? He's like, What what do you know about athletics? Lecturing me on being a professional athlete. What have you ever done? The guy's like, I played junior hockey and he's like, Oh, oh wow, junior hockey. <laughs> I've like, never Milt seen Steagle that. Should, I think he should be bigger in Canadian TV. He's but. he's awesome. Oh, here's the fight right here. And it's 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 a shame, but it's also like, you know what? I respect the passion. They still hate each other's this, guts. I want to know why this happened. Oh, it's great. It's perfect timing because Jesse's... Uh, He's changing the camera, so we'll have him insert this into the... So, they, <laughs> so what is this? Is he going for a handshake? I, I think so. I don't know what breath? he says. That's the problem. Oh, and here's the... Yeah, he, he hits him with the microphone, and then the guy what? hits him with the cane. Oh, my God. <laughs> Whoa, Haymaker! You're joking me! <laughs> And those guys are all the way old. Yeah. Those guys are retirement home old. Oh, you shouldn't have done that to that man, though. You don't punch a guy with a cane. Well, yeah, so the guy who can stand without the cane, like, I think, basically, go to the other guy. And he oh, said, and wave the, like, wave the microphone out of his face. Oh, he's then. 100% in the wrong. He started that, and he ended it, and it was the guy with the cane who he hit. And what's he got? He's mad. Wow. Well, 
He's got like a Did flower. Like, here's my question: Does that ceremony continue? <laughs> I think it would have to. I think it would have to. Steve. Were those guys on Doctor Phil? No, that wasn't on Doctor Phil. Oh, that's sorry. just another. Oh, I, that's just a playthrough video. Videos Jesse's watched because it's me. It's Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> it's a mix. It's recommended for Jesse. Is that album good? Uh, I've only listened to it once, so I can't really judge. You need a yeah. You need that a double. You yeah. need a double listen to something. It's very unfair. Hmm. Okay. Well, where do we go from here? Well, I actually have a couple more things before we do the press conference. Um, thanks, thanks YouTube for telling me I have to watch LFR Game 1. First off, um, Deadspin posted this hilarious picture from a guy who is the head coach of the Texas Longhorns. And he has a football hydration chart. And it measures, it measures how yellow your pee is. De- Steve did not hear that. Steve's no, trying to get his phone charged. it measures how yellow your pee is. Do you let that sink in for you for a second? <laughs> Sir, oh, no, there's I thought coach, there was something else to that. There's a coach who is measuring how yellow his player's pee is. Think about that for a second. Seems like, yeah. yeah seems, measure, measure seems, seems, seems yeah. pretty legit. No. I don't know. I just want to make sure I can check Twitter later. I That's all. I was trying to <laughs> you were paying attention, damn it. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> is Vindy like, yeah. even still here? Yeah, she's underneath the bed. Oh, okay, right cool. Underneath the bed. I think she's sleeping. So, she's sleeping. Steve, you so, weren't uh, paying attention. No. <laughs> Cause, so, no, because in my head, what I heard was like some sports science person is measuring the pee. No. And I'm like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. No. They, scientists measure pee. His name is Tom Herman, and he is known to be very detailed. So there is a hydration, Longhorn football hydration chart. And the first three colors of pee, which are clear, a little bit yellow, and a little bit more yellow, are championship hydration level pee. Wait, wait, wait. So you know. Yes. No. Is that what he lists it as? Championship hydration levels. Okay, what happened? To then this there guy? is a red line. What's up with this guy? What's his deal? There's a red What's line. Story? Where it gets a little bit more yellow. And 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 then so number four and five, a little bit more yellow than each other, you know, than, than one, two, and three. That is considered charted as a selfish teammate. Oh. That's a selfish teammate level of hydration, Learned. and then six and seven, which are like a uh, a ye- uh, like a darker yellow, and then an almost orange color, which basically means you've been drinking too much Red Blood. Bull. Uh, <laughs> blatant disregard for your teammates. Uh, you are headed to Area Fifty One, which I guess is a bad thing. I assume that means you'll never uh, play for this team. Maybe. And then number That's eight. Madagascar. Then there's number eight, which is brown, and I've never had a brown pee before. Yeah, are you okay? It just says you are a bad guy, which I think it should say you should seek medical attention. Like you need an IV drip stat. Uh, I yeah, there, no, brown med- pee's medical, bad. Medical attention is required but, in this situation. Yes. But he Anwar Richardson tweeted. He was a reporter there. Longhorn football hydration chart. <laughs> Championship. It's got to be a joke. I don't know. I don't know. I can't. <laughs> Apparently he's very detailed, so this is part of the detailed program. He's trying to teach the guys how to how to live and how to eat and how to drink. Properly. What is what's this guy's deal? Like when, I want to know more like, about Tom Like if his Tom team Herman. is up by twenty points with ten minutes to go in the fourth, does he tell him, "Hey, hey, can someone warm up the Gatorade?" Maybe. Coach, we won. He's just enjoying it a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> like what? <laughs> what's this guy's deal? It's weird. What's his deal? That's not okay. It's not okay. 
Also, these are college students. This is how I knew Steve didn't listen to me. Yeah, because I knew this would be his reaction. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I knew it would be your reaction. You know what, Adam? <laughs> hey, Steve, is your phone charged? <laughs> Don't you don't you already have enough properties in this city? <laughs> you know, you 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 got the down south one, you got the one across the street from the building and you're living in the past. Oh. oh. That was good. That was good. Okay. It took me Burn. a while to get there. It took me a while to um, get there. Yeah, no, but we no, we what's follow. This guy's problem? I don't and know, also, man. I don't know. Texas Longhorns? Texas Longhorns. For college athletes. Yep. Unpaid college athletes. He's measuring the urine. Steve, they're paid in education. Oh, fuck mm. yourself. They're paid in education, Steve. Oh, my God. Is so, someone going to investigate so this? So does he ask his players, hey, give I think me your urine? I think it's just more of like if you spot your teammates' urine looking shitty. Does you have to call them out. the washrooms? Man, I don't know. Football it. is weird, man. We just found Tim. What's this guy's name? Tom. Tom. Tom I Herman. I was a little off. He's nuzzling up next to you at the <laughs> yeah. trough. Hey there, boys. Now, how about them Steelers? If you're the coach of, <laughs> if you're the coach of the Longhorns, he is eyes down. That is pressure. Mm. Like if the Longhorns don't, that football. What's is, that about pressure? If your water pressure is not strong enough, you're not drinking enough. Football in Texas is a whole new level, and if you everything's lose, bigger in Texas, am you, I right? You lose a game, it's like, well, it's time to let the coach go. He's gone. He should go. Uh-huh. He obviously doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Mm. Even if they've got like it's like they are they are ten and one. That one, that's unacceptable. Um, what do you think of the game so far? Just one quarter away from the champagne of victory. Let's go. How you guys doing? My name's Tom. <laughs> Just checking out. Now, if you what's have... his favorite bird? Does... <laughs> what? The woodpecker. Oh, stop it. Uh, I just wanted to say it. pecker. Um, that would be the peacock. And I, oh. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> sorry, oh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, I wanted to tell you something, pop culture-wise. Jesse and I actually wanted to tell you something. It was Jesse that found this story. Yes. But this is a very pop, important pop culture note for everybody listening to this show. Very, very important. Remember the, in, the, in the late 90s, early 2000s, we had yes. this, the birth of reality TV. Survivor. Yeah. What were the other great shows other than Survivor that were reality-based? Big Brother was big. Big Brother still is. Mm. Um, Bachelor. Still big. Still big. Yeah, Bachelor took a while. Paradise Island. Paradise Island was huge. Uh, MTV's The Real World Challenge. Yes. And then the spin-off Real World Road Rules Challenge. And Punk D. Please, not The Apprentice. (laughs) Not The Apprentice, no. (laughs) Okay. Um, No, this is one that's been canceled, and it's coming back from that era. Era. American Gladiators. No, that's been canceled a couple times, sadly, Mm, because I loved American Gladiators. Both times. Slam Ball. Bonsai! (laughs) I loved watching Slam Ball! Slam Ball was hilarious. I loved watching Slam Ball. They are bringing back... Roller Derby. Fear Factor. (gasps) With who? So here's the fun part. Yeah. And this is the best tweet, right? <laughs> you already know Fear Factor going to be ludicrous. <laughs> no. So Ludicrous is hosting no more Joe Rogan. Hosting the well, the he's reboot. already he's already said like he no. in interviews he's like no, you have to be high to do that show. Like so Ludicrous is going to host 
and exec produce, which, by the way, is so, like whatever. You, but you're executive producer. Used to be one of the biggest musical acts in the world. And and now MTV is bringing the show back. It's not going to be on NBC. It's in an MTV. I think they're still owned by they owned by Viacom still. Viacom I think both, does own M- MTV. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if they own NBC, if that's GE or something. Yeah. Um, They bought the rights. They bought the rights. So they're bringing back Fear Factor. They're bringing back, they're bringing in Ludacris. Now, here's the thing with this show. You remember with the original Fear Factor, you had. (laughs) Was Exhibit busy? Yeah. (laughs) Well, we think. I said I would rather have a Pimp My Ride remake than Fear Factor. Me too. Pimp My Ride, way better. So much better. However, it's Fear Factor. So Fear Factor's coming back. Steve, tell me. Do you remember? Did you watch Fear Factor at all? Oh, ever? yeah. Okay. What kind of challenges would they do? They'd like eat bull dicks and <laughs> yeah. bull balls. And, and then they'd worms. hang, they'd be suspended from crazy heights and that sort of thing. Okay. There was an episode where they had like father son Fear Factor. Whoa. And it's like, and it was like kids dangling from a helicopter. Oh, it's insane. It's insane. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So here's the fun part about Fear Factor now. Because Fear Factor, because it's running on MTV, is not targeting Generation Z, which is the generation before millennials. You know, they were targeting 20-year-olds who were born back then in, in like, the late 70s, right? Because it was, mm. you know. Network TV. Network TV. Yeah. But you were, you, were targeting, you were targeting young adults in 2000, which meant if you were a young adult in 2000, you were born between 75 and 80, right? Okay, sure. Now— with the millennial generation starting at 1981, they're going they're going after the millennials generation. So they're going to change up the challenges because eating worms that was a big deal to Generation Z, and being suspended from big heights that was a big deal to this Generation is a Z. Article. Are this, you fucking no, with me? No, this is real. Narcity. This is a Hollywood Reporter, so it's legitimate article. Is this someone snarky on Vice being like, "Here's what the shoe is going to"? No, be. but it sounds like Vice could have written this. Yeah. The new incarnation. Of Fear Factor will flip the script on its targeted Generation Z audience. And instead of gross-out challenges like you said, Steve, like eating worms, uh, it'll be more playful with the hope of providing a cathartic tension cathartic tension release along the way. So more playful. What do you think that means? Hot wings. (laughs) Hot wings. The first thing that came to mind was uh, hot ones. Have you ever seen hot ones? No. Basically, there's this guy who brings celebrities on and he does serious interviews with them while eating increasingly spicier wings. That's funny. I like that. It is funny. Like by the end they're like they swear at them and they're like I hate you. That's cool. I like that. The newly designed stunts are geared at tapping into visceral fears of today's anxious youth. Okay. The visceral fears of today's anxious youth. Great use of words. Visceral. It's a great word. I asked someone to dance in grade 6. Okay. How, how do they get me to go back in time? Here's what they'll do. Okay. Here's some of the examples they provide. So it's going to tap into the visceral fears of today's anxious youth, such as couch surfing at 300 feet and waterlogging one's personal cell phone. <laughs> so you're going to have to go on Fear Factor and dunk your to- phone in the toilet. Which how is do called- you do, fellow kids? <laughs> Amazing! <laughs> I know what'll get the millennials. They won't be able to go on Twitter for 24 hours. Woo! Oh, crazy, Jim. What? what? Jim, you are nuts. You are what? nuts. What silver foxed 
friggin' yeah. uh, uh, power suit without a tie wearing 45-year-old came up with this show. Mm-hmm. 100% that's who it is, right? Yeah. Devin yeah, Weston from GTA 5 came up with this show. <laughs> Inspired by urban legends. Hey, Slick, I got a great idea for a show. Remember Fear Factor? My, Same shit. My daughter's always on this iPhone thing. We should take that away from her. And put it on Fear Factor. We're going to go. So here's what. So Ludacris would be like, y'all already know, because he starts every sentence with, y'all already know what's good. It's Ludacris. So y'all already know we're going to freak you out because it's Fear Factor. Y'all already know. Except you probably don't already know. We're going to go into your Instagram and delete all your pictures. Whoa! Is that actually one of them? No, but no. it probably would be. I'm not. Like, it's also, not, they haven't named everything yeah, they're going to do. I don't think this is going to be great. Because okay, like Joe Rogan. Wow. No, no, no. Sorry, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> I don't think this is gonna oh, be great. Wow. <laughs> sorry, ludicrous. I don't think ludicrous is gonna be good. Because Joe Rogan is a screaming lunatic who's high, and he's oh shit! Like you kind of need that for a show like that. Ludicrous. Chill, man. I get the impression like he is not what you saw in music videos. Ludicrous in interviews has the personality of a bologna sandwich. Like this is not gonna be entertaining. Oh man, your phone's wet. <laughs> your phone's wet. Splash waterfalls, and then one of his songs starts to play. Oh, I remember that from 2004. That's nostalgia. For I me. love Ludacris. I oh want my god, to be that's good, why they got Ludacris. Because I'm a millennial, millennial, and I like you, Ludacris. Millennials <laughs> like Ludacris. <laughs> Put in Ludacris. What's uh, Ludacris doing? For a relevant rapper. For our next. <laughs> for our next. <laughs> Look For our next exi- challenge, Ludacris is going to lick, 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 lick you from your head oh, to your toe. No, no. <laughs> Come on, right? All right, guys. <laughs> so we got your phones suspended from a tower at the Georgia Dome at the 50-yard line. Where, where the Dirty Birds, is that what they're called? Is that is that the name of the team? Is that, have they moved? Is that the name? Holy fuck. It's going to be great. Executive producer Devin Weston, I'm telling Here you. Here we go. So inspired by Urban Legends... So, like, stuff you find on, probably on, uh, not, uh, why can't I think of it? It's where you repin, repin, repin. Pinterest? Pinterest. Not, uh, notes, where you pin notes. What is it? Uh, oh, um, uh, Tumblr. Tumblr. I'm sure inspired by, like, Skinny Man or Slender Man Slender on Tumblr. Man. Skinny uh, Man. Yeah, Skinny Man's Jesse. Uh, nope. <laughs> scary movies and online videos from the Zeitgeist. 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 I know. Contestants will be pushed beyond their comfort zones, where their body's uh, physiological responses will take over. Each hour-long episode will feature eight contestants pairing up in teams of uh, four teams of two. Think siblings, college rivalries, roommates, best friends, cool. co-workers, yeah, and show. exes facing off for a cash prize. Same show, still the same show. That is the same show. That is from 2000. I just want you to know that that show is about to exist. So and you already know it's going to be ludicrous. Oh! Yeah! 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 yeah. What, what's uh. more important? This or Heidi and Spencer having a child? Are they having a child? They, they have a child. They have a child? They have, they've announced that Heidi is pregnant and they are making a child and it is about to come out of her. That is a step above... Like Heidi Montag and Spencer, what what's Pratt. his fucks? Uh, no, Spencer. Phil Kessel's cousin, Spencer Pratt. Yeah, yeah I got it right. Okay, <laughs> those two in the news today. Like, I would be just as interested in a story involving like the voice actors from Biker Mice from Mars. 
I don't know. What that that is. Is. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, what is Biker that? Mice from Mars was I'd rather, the best show ever. It was I w- about biker mice from Mars. I'd rather watch The is. Adventures of Pluto Nash than see anything with those two on it again. Should we do the press conference now that you know that Fear Factor is coming back? The Presser SDP. The Steve Dangle Press Conference. What does Iggy get if he wins the bracket challenge? Uh, a pig ear. Nah, he always. Do you like pig ears? He loves pig ears, but he always friggin' shoots like a fire hose after. Yeah. Um, a large, delicious treat. He deserves a pig ear. I'm, it's I'll not his problem. He goes to the bathroom afterwards. Uh, well, right? That's true. Um, do you guys see a PK for Weber trade happening this summer? <laughs> like something similar on that magnitude. Oh, I thought you meant them there's trading back. No, no, no. <laughs> Just something similar on that. Magnitude. There's going to be a lot of weird going on. I think there's going to be some weirdness yeah. for sure. I see a Noah Hannafin trade. Yeah. And I think the Leafs will pursue him. Yeah. Uh, I think Noah Hannafin fits in really well with the Leafs. Um, and I see and I see them giving up a prospect for him or two. Prospect and a pick. But I think well, it'll have to be quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but I think Noah Hannafin's a Leaf by the end of the summer. Wow. And I think Carl Alsner's a Leaf by the end of the summer. Um, do you? I do. Oh, I really that. believe Carl Alsner. Or if if you know if he wants to go back to the West, I mean, Calgary, Calgary and Edmonton are both looking for D like him. Calgary's always looking for good Who's defense. Who's not looking for good D? Exactly. Exactly. I don't know. Um, I think there's going to be a big monumental shift trade for sure. One. There will be one. I, think I don't know if it'll be a one for one though, like those two deals, like the Hall for Larson and the and the Subban for Weber. Well, if you look at it though, um, if you're an executive, you probably look at Hall for Larson as a victory for Edmonton mm-hmm. because of how Edmonton's done this year, and you probably look at the Subban Weber trade as, well, Habs won their division, Preds got in, worked out for them too. So I, I think the fear. To pull the trigger on a move like that will be lessened. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I get that. New question from Steve D. Uh, did you know it was Adam's birthday yesterday? Oh, I got a birthday card from Steve. Jesse brought me uh, cupcakes. I. Well, after you open that one, oh. we'll talk. Oh, okay. All right. Oh. Oh. You are one in a melon. See, it's a melon. You are one in a Steve's melon. Steve's very good at cards. Yeah. Is it you or SL who's good? It's SL. It's All right, SL. Hang okay. on. This card is dedicated to your big fucking head. Old oh, James the Giant Peach Ass. <laughs> Happy birthday, not Kevin. <laughs> Love Steve. I didn't know you were going to read it. Love Steve, SL, Iggy, and Dina. Dina. <laughs> and what is this? Oh, two tickets to the TFC? Yeah. What? Nice. Are we going, you and I? Or is this oh, like. I was thinking you and your weef to be, but I don't know. Are we? probably take care. Should I take my weave to be Friday, April 21st? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This would be great, Jack. That's this week. I'm very excited. Thank you. Wow, these are sick tickets, too. Look at them. They kind of look like hot sauce. It's a fast. Those are the actual tickets? Those are the tickets, yeah. Thanks, man. Bootleg until you see the back, yeah. What? I'm surprised you didn't try to pawn off one of your 28 more Blue Jays tickets on me for my birthday. Holy shit. The one in eight Toronto Blue Jays. She bought high. (laughs) Yeah, well, we're not talking about it. Adam Wilde, I also got you something for your birthday. Oh, God. And is it a camera lens cap that you're holding? If you want. Oh, oh, that's right. No, I'm going yeah. to. Yeah? Okay. Yes. Um, but I'm not giving it to you. 
until I get my Tampa Bay gifts. Okay, that's fair. I'm holding okay. wow. <laughs> I mean, I think I that's think, fair. I think it's fair. They're in my friend hallway. Also, that's I think fair. it's more fun. Yeah. This way. Front hallway's across the street. I know. I could get them and be back in about five minutes, but I'm not going to. When <laughs> when I get those gifts, I'll let you know what Steve and I got you. And my bad to Corey, who gave it to us in the first place. Sorry, buddy. Was it double AF, Corey? Sorry, no one knows that story. I don't know what that is, no. Double AF, Corey. American as fuck, Corey. He was someone I met the night before my wedding. When I got <laughs> That Steve makes what? inside jokes with the himself now. Yeah, because I'm, I'm tired. Talking to you over the there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. Um, so Monday, Steve, you are not only hosting at Maple Leaf Square for anybody that wants to go down, but you're going to the game. Yeah. Oh my god. So That's Tuesday's what? podcast is going to be fun. Can you get us in VIP to Maple Leaf Square? Mm, Can we like stand up on the side of the stage? Possibly. With you? I don't know. I kind of don't want to push it on account of like I just got this thing. Well, fine. I have something else to tell you, but it'll be uh, off mic. Oh, okay, fine. Ooh. So there'll be a surprise coming. Any other questions? Final question. If the Leafs win the cup, who does it get presented to? Yeah, I've wondered that too. Morgan Riley. You think? Mm-hmm. Morgan Riley. Really? Austin Matthews. I, well, no, you have to present it to a captain. And he's one of the alternate captains. And he's been with the no, team for 300 no. games. You don't have to. Morgan Riley. Who was the last team to win the cup without a captain? Good question. Ever? Has it ever happened? Almost Vancouver, know. right? Because wasn't Luongo the captain? No, he probably wasn't no, the captain. No, then at that they point. gave it to Henrik Sedin. I don't I don't think it's ever happened. Not that I can think of, no. I think the players discuss it and they probably say, oh, sorry, oh, sorry, oh, sorry, oh, sorry. Or oh, whoever no. gets like the game winning goal. Like listen, I don't think that not for one second do I do I doubt that Austin Matthews is the captain next year. Not for one second. Year after. Maybe year after. Maybe year after. Because they're holding back on him, eh? They're not marketing him big. They're not putting him in this. Like, Connor McDavid is everywhere in Edmonton. Austin Matthews, pretty quiet here. Mm -hmm. And that's that's intentional, by the way. Mm -hmm. Very, very intentional. Um, So you think it'll be Riley? I think if the Leafs won the Cup this year, it would be Riley. I think they go captainless next year if they don't. And then Austin will be the captain eventually. I think they get a captain next year. To start the season next year, I think they have a captain. I wouldn't mind it being Austin Matthews. I think at 40 like, goals, that's captain material. Someone like Komarov who's just been around for a while? or No, it's like Adam said. Like Brian Matthews Boyle. just had the best season any Leaf has had since Matt Sundin. And, and the other thing is, with Komarov, like, it, he would be, I think, a good leader. But you need a guy who's going to be the captain for a long time. Austin Matthews is going to be here for a long time. And Riley's locked up for another five after this Yeah. Week. Uh, and it's nothing against Morgan Riley. I just think Austin Matthews is going to be the de facto leader. Like he's going to be the offensive leader of that team with Mitch and, and Willie, but he's the he's every the big team, tall center. Oh, hello. Every team needs. I forgot the dog was here. Every team needs several leaders. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I don't know the captain's tradition like a turkey, <laughs> like a turkey, like a turkey. Was that at like Easter? From Do you have ham or turkey at Easter? Both. Both. R- yeah. Turkey. <laughs> I haven't celebrated Easter, I think, since I left home. So hmm. I'm not like I'm not from a very religious background. So, but we always used to celebrate and get together and stuff. And I like <laughs> I when, when I was religious, like when I you, left, it was like okay, now here's a long here's a, an excuse for a long weekend. And yeah, and, like, are you not a fan of dinner? Yeah, I love dinner. I love dinner, but I don't I'm have having dinner tonight. <laughs> you having like? A, are you having a big dinner then? I'm going to my uh, parents' house. Um, some din. Yeah. I have an idea. I think we should start a church and a religion. Like the ultimate warrior. 
Did he have his own church and religion? I'm pretty sure, yes. That's amazing. <laughs> I think we could get a couple hundred people to come out every Sunday. What would it be called? Uh, I, I, that's down the road. I just think we should start a church. Okay. All right. Maybe even a cult. We'll be the first well, you ever started Patreon cult, right? church. Yeah. Patreon? <laughs> <laughs> well, aren't all churches sort of Patreon just in the older sense? Because they're community supported, are they not? You just messed my head up. Right? Yeah. Because you pass it around yeah. the collection dish. But I don't think, okay, And you do fundraisers. Now, everyone, type in your Patreon. And... <laughs> we could be the first church to Twitch stream. Our, Whoa, our ceremonies. Yeah. yeah. And to be the arch, like, to be, like, the head guy, you have to be, just kill people at Chell. Like, you have yeah. to be the best. And there's the a Chell tournament every Chell. year. Yeah, Church the of Chell. The COC. And every, then, every, every, every we're sermon, this- there might be a, just a challenger at the back of the church. <laughs> Dangle! <laughs> I challenge you! No, that that's to be, the tradition. It comes in like 40 minutes into the ceremony. Somebody gets up and challenges. Well, isn't there a what high was, priest? What was yeah. Jesse's TV show going to be called? Fight Me at Chell Bitch? Yeah. yeah. So it would be like, so every, instead of Christmas, it's mm. Fight Me at Chell Bitch. And it's once a year and you that's the time yeah. where you can make the challenge. That one Christmas day is year. not over until you fight me in Chell. <laughs> we'll, we'll take December 25th. <laughs> and that'll be the day. We're co-opting. Nothing, <laughs> nothing important happens. Nothing happens nice then. So we'll take yeah. that day. Okay. And that'll be our fight me and Chell bitch day. All right. All right. From the CLC, the Church of Chell. All right. I'm in. <laughs> Done. <laughs> well, we're so off track that we put Bendy to sleep and then woke her back up again. So that's good. Um, gentlemen. Bindi, let's go home. I'm tired. All right. Let's go home. <laughs> Bendy. Bendy. We'll say uncle, say, say uncle, uh, hi, Uncle Steve. Bindi. This podcast brought to you by Panago Pizza, by the way. It's, it's on the inside that counts. We love you guys. Hopefully game two goes better than game one for everybody in Canada. And, uh, and we will see you on Tuesday. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Brought to you by Panago Pizza. Order at panago.com and stuff your face with deliciousness.